afternoon, everybody. Y'all feeling it? Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? I'm telling you, a lot of fun. Hey, and the lights, can y'all turn those to white or something like that? Give us a little something that doesn't mess up your video. There we go. I like to see people, especially for the back row Baptists back there. They're just kind of hiding. Hey, there you go. There you go. I, Joey, I know better. You're the charismatic uh, Pentecostal that's keeping them, uh, keeping them, keeping the spirit. <laughs> You're like that mesh router that just kind of bounces it off and sends it on out. You get that uh, that media booth filled with the spirit back there too. Well, uh, <laughs> Kevin, smile. It's a good day in the house of the Lord. No, I refuse. I don't know why y'all have 27 minutes on that clock. It's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. Hey, uh, I have an a exciting message for you guys. And what's interesting to me, I didn't know the songs that they were leading, and they just spoke the message. And so as you guys were declaring it, you are, you are already getting into agreement with the message. And it was kind of a late thing. I was going to do one thing, and I just wrestled with it. And then I said, you know what? No, we, we're going we're gonna to go upbeat with this one. And uh, man, so I'm, I'm excited. There's been a, several times I caught myself. I'm kind of thinking back and, and, go, and going into a no, new year. What is something that's been repetitive there's a few things that have been repetitive, but one of those is I just felt like there's restoration on its way. So there's this year's like, okay, everything that's been going on the last 24 months is like this year, there's just a, a year of res- res- restoration. And, and I've been seeing a lot of twos, 222s, and this month just kind of brings a lot. Cause two twenty, we had 2222, we had 2222, two, 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 and so 202. I mean, it's just a lot, you know, testimony of confirmation. And I just feel like even today I was doing something and Two, two, two came back around like, man, God is just speaking. This happened also about through, uh, two and a half years ago when uh, we had sit, our staff was really small and, and we were at ACPA. We'd go and we'd meet for a Tuesday night, like a little, a Tuesday morning rather, leadership gathering. And man, we just start talking. We're like, we just all, we're seeing 222 everywhere on the clock. Every time I look at the clock, it's 222. Look at a, a license plate, it's 222. And so then God began to do a lot of things in that season. That's when we began the plans. God was speaking to us about building this building. And he confirmed it because what was coming after for us, it was like, whew, we slid right on in. We had all of our contracts and our materials purchased, everything before COVID hit. So it was like, well, thank you, Lord. Because it was just what we need, the time that we needed and when we needed. And so, man, just the, the blessings of the Lord. And, and I feel like there's confirmation on that with all the twos and the, the confirmations within that. But tonight, God actually has several things that are commanded. He commands, we don't command it, but are commanded by an action, an initiation that he says, hey, if you'll just do this, I've got these things that I'm coming at you with, and I wanna, I'm going to bring them to you. You know, uh, Cassandra was talking about fear and fear not having a hold and, and being able to overcome fear and the mountains that are in front of you, greater is he. And, and so true is that because the blessings that the Lord has for you, it, there, it feels like there's a mountain in front of you, but man, I'm, let me tell you, the Lord is doing some great things in the backside of that. And I want to show you in Revelations 22.2, by the way, Revelations 20, 20, 22.2 says, It flowed down the center of the main street, 
One each side of the river grew a tree of life. Tree of life. We talked a, couple, a few weeks ago about being connected to the right tree. So many times we're just, well, here's what I think I should do. It's a good thing. And we end up getting caught up in the, the web or the thorns of the tree of knowledge of good, not knowing that it, it's just very similar in the train, same tree of evil. And it, it's actually the antithesis of God and the great things that he wants to do in our lives. And so the tree of life is right here down Main Street, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. Isn't that good? Like a, a fresh crop, different crops. Like I don't even have to plant different types of plants in my garden. I got one tree that gives me 12 different fruits in different, 12 different months. That's good news. Oh, don't worry. The peaches are coming. <laughs> they, they, come, they come around a little bit later. I got cherries this month, but apples are going to be right, right around the corner. Oranges right there. No, I don't want the asparagus tree. Thank you very much. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good on that one. So isn't that nice, though? 12 different seasons, 12 different months, 12 different blessings. But there's, there, there's a season. It's almost as God is saying there's a season of blessing right after a season of blessing. And it's hard for us to see that sometimes. But the tree, when we're in, especially when we're in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we'll just grab that little vine and Tarzan on over to the tree of life. All of a sudden, we start to see there's a blessing right now. There's a blessing coming. There was a blessing behind me. And I, it's about what I start to focus on. But then also what I begin to do, because here's the good news. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Man, I get blessed. And even, even the, I get to eat the fruit, but the leaves, that normally we would we just kind of rake up and burn or carry off somewhere and dump. Even, even the remnants is for healing, for medicine, for the nations, for others. And so that's really, really good news. And so God has got blessings not only for us, but he's got more than enough for those around us. And I want to talk to you about five, a five-way blessing. We saw this in uh, Psalms 112. We'll get there in a minute. But Psalms 112, it says, a five-way blessing is commanded based upon us. These are blessings that were bought at the cross. They were purchased by Jesus Christ himself upon the cross. However, they're not automatic. And I've got, we've got to beat this deception that believers have been under in bondage, thinking because I come to the cross, every blessing is now automatic. It's in your account, but it's not in your possession. There's a big difference. The spiritual IRS has put a lockdown on your account. Yes, it's there. <laughs> but you're going to have to do something to get, those ta get that back. And so they don't, come, they don't come without a commitment. And boy, right now in this season, the 24 months of what we've been through, it's hard to commit. Oh, I got commitment issues. Maybe in a generation that's grown up in this generation of where divorce has become so prevalent, I got commitment issues. Lack of, lack of commitment, inconsistencies. Things going on I grew up in, I saw this, and so I do this out of reaction. I'm, I'm, I'm trained to live in the tree of knowledge of good and, e of good and evil. I got commitment issues. Because I can't decide, do I do good because I don't want to do evil, and I'm so tangled up in this spider web of good or evil, I'm missing God. 
I got commitment issues. And so when I'm asked to commit to something, I struggle with committing. And God is saying, hey, it's in the committing that I provide the blessings. And we're so stuck on the things that we need or we wonder why God is not showing up in our lives because this was supposed to happen when I came to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It was supposed to be purchased at the cross for me. And what I don't realize because I'm in this web of good, of knowledge of good and evil, I don't realize that I have to have a commitment to lay hold of the tree of life. And in that commitment to lay hold of the tree of life and live from this tree God begins to command the blessings for me and my family. And so we got to rewrite some wrong thinking that is going on in the body of Christ. Remember when the children of God came into the promised land, they didn't just, they didn't just start farming. They had to do some things. They didn't, they didn't start farming and say, oh God, you're going to bless this land. It's great. It's, it must be fertile. I just can't wait to eat off this land right here and we'll just be good farmers and maybe you'll bring some deer across the way with about a 12 point, maybe a 300 uh, score, 300. And we'll, we'll, we'll do some things. We'll have some nice racks, nice mounts in our tents. No, they had to do some things. They had to be committed to some things. Oh Lord. Help me. They just watched their parents go through a bunch of lack of commitment. The only thing they were committed to was being in bondage and going around a mountain over and over and over for 40 years. They probably had some commitment issues themselves. They had to go to get the blessing, however. They had to come against some demonic giants. Hey, Levi. How you doing? Demonic giants guard every blessing that grace has purchased on the cross. Let me say it this way. Every blessing that God has for you and for your family is guarded by adversity. Let me say it again. Every blessing that grace has purchased for you at the cross, the reason you probably gave your life to Jesus because you told this story and you're wondering why am I not walking in this is because it's guarded by adversity and yet God is saying, I'm calling you into it. I'm going to provide, but you have to have some commitment because when it gets tough, it's going to be hard, but I've got to be committed to the things that I decided as I began to commit initially that direction, so I've got to be committed. Not committed into a psych ward, committed on the path that God is leading me because that's where the, that's where the blessings that grace had purchased is on. That's where it's at. I got to get there. But there's a demonic giant that is in the face of every blessing that God has for your family. The five that I'm about to name today, there are, there's a giant, a demonic giant that is sitting, it's a squatting in your, in your life, in this space, and it's keeping you from walking in the fullness that God has gone to the cross, sent his son to the cross for you to live. To be an example, a city on the hill, one, a beacon of light so that the lost world will come to you and say, what is going on in your life? That's what I need. And you know, the children of Israel, the, the Hebrew, they were, the Hebrew children didn't just, they didn't waltz into the promised land, they didn't take this two-step, they didn't even do the copperhead road into the promised land. They didn't. And you won't be able to two-step or copperhead road either into your promised land in any of these areas of life. But you're called to that promised land. 
And it's going to take a little commitment to be willing to get over into the promised land in these areas of your life. First, they had to take Jericho. Man, it's pretty intimidating. It's pretty high walls. A lot going on there. They had to battle. And remember, though, Joshua, last Sunday, Joshua had to take off his shoes. Remember what shoes means. He had to lay down his rights for the commander of the Lord's army to accept the will, the strategy, what God had for them, and then God gave him strategy on how to defeat. They walked around seven times, hooping and hollering, and, and who knows, maybe they were doing the two-step at that point, but the walls didn't fall inward, they fell outward. Isn't that crazy? Fell from the inside out rather than the outside in. And it was number one of 31 cities they had to defeat. And I'm going to give you five of those cities that, are, that you have to defeat right now, tonight. And in your life, I'm telling you, the devil is camping out right there. He's gone uncontested, unprotested, and unmolested. And, and in Spanish, we say, no me molesta. No me molesta. Don't bother me. No me molesta. Don't bother me. He's gone unbothered. Without a fight. Okay. You know what? The commitment to defeat that is too tough. You got it. Because we've become disempowered. We've, we've lost our ability to have strength, sound mind, commitment, steadfast spirit through the last 24 months. And we feel like it's all been taken away from us because we don't know what is, what is constant, what is steady, what is, what is stead, what is steel, what is real, what is right, what is, what is systematic that I used to hold on to. It's all been shaken and we can't figure it out. So we just kind of sit. And the enemy loves that. He's like, okay, now I got them. Now I can move forward. And if you sit back, if you continue to sit back and say, man, I, I sure hope 2022 is, is a lot different than 2020 and 2021. If that's your MO, I promise you it will not be. It will not be different. You will have a repeat year of 2020 and 2021 if you feel like, well, I just hope it's different. No, you got a battle to fight. And then you got another battle to fight right after you fight that battle. And then you got another battle to fight right after you fight that battle. The good news is, though, if you do it God's way, He's going to fight the battle right in front of you. And then he's going to give you strategy to fight the next battle. And then he's going to give you equipping to fight the following battle. And you will be out in the dirt desert looking at the promised land. You'll be out there looking at the promised land. Boy, it sure would be nice to be over there. Instead, you'll be in the wilderness. You'll be like, instead of like the, 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 you'll be like the ten spies that say, no, 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 let's not go over there. Rather than the two spies that said, yeah, we're going. Oh, we're going to take that land. There's giants and big fruit everywhere. I mean, it's going to be great. Oh, you got to have some faith and commitment when you see a giant in your life, especially a demonic giant that's got a stronghold in an area or is trying to attack something in your family, and you're like, that's great. Hallelujah. This is exactly why Jesus went to the cross. That's what the blood, the blood paid, for, paid for. Let me be committed. Prayer is not our last response. It's the very first thing we do because we're committed, we're convinced. We know that the blood of Jesus has already done this thing. But in city one, battle one, oh, Lord, help me. I don't know how this is going to work out. So we had to, we have to develop a little faith muscle that takes us into the victory and blessings that were purchased on the cross. Got to get a little muscle. And it takes a little tension. It takes a little, little indifference, a little kickback, a little, a little challenging of your commitment. 
Psalm 112 says this, praise the Lord. He just starts off. I don't know what's about to happen, but praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. There it is. How joyful. Somebody stole your joy. There's a response for that. Have reverence for the Lord, meaning I have honor and respect and high regard, and I, it's not my will, but thou, I took off my shoes, I took off my sandals, I laid down my rights for the sake of his rights and his will for my life. I have reverence for him. I don't have it figured out, but I got, it, I got, I got my heart set on him that he's got it figured out, and when I've got my heart set on him and my mind set on him that he's got it figured out, I can act like I got it figured out. <laughs> And the enemy's fooled by somebody who acts like they got it figured out because of their confidence is in the Lord. He's a delight in obeying his commands. Oh, it's hard. You know, this is where commitment starts to draw the line. And I don't know if I can do that. You know, it's going to take a lot out of me. I just don't have the time, really. You know, it's, it's late. And man, I got, already got five other things I need to do this week. I work a 30-hour job and sometimes a 50-hour. And just it's just hard to be a part of the body of Christ and do those things for my family. It's really hard. Commitment. They're children. Here's the good news. For those who are willing to obey his commands, I got to lay down my right. I got to take off my shoes in order to obey his commands. You know, I don't, man, I know the word of God says that, but Gosh, really? You think God really wants me to do that? No. Let me find a way to reason that away because of grace. No, God's okay with me not doing that because of grace. We're deceived by that very lie. Because what it is, God, grace empowers you to do that. He takes care of you doing that. He actually resources you to do that. He takes care of it, but he's just saying, would you just be committed to my commands and watch what I'll do in front of you? I got that fruit, that low-aligned fruit, big fruit in the promised land. It is not a problem because I'm already growing in the next city. I'm taking care of it. I'll put my stinky feet back in these shoes. They're holy. See, they're white. Though my sins are scarlet, he makes me white as snow. Thank you, Lord. Number two, verse two, their children will be successful everywhere. And an entire generation of godly people will be blessed. What? All I got to do is obey his commands and I I don't have to worry about my kids anymore and what they're going through, what they're struggling with. And whenever it looks like all hell's breaking loose in their life, I don't have to look at the all hell is breaking loose in their life. I just look at what's been paid for at the cross. And because of my commitments to obeying his commands and reverence for what his will is rather than my rights, all of a sudden I can see through the cross that this is going to be okay. I got to be committed. So number one is this. There's a number one blessing is I got blessed children. Oh, Don't worry, teacher. She won't be like that. That's not who she is. Don't worry, police officer. That's not the end story. That's not who he is. This this story's already been written. I'm just going to do my part so so the blessings from the Lord for my generations to come 
will flow through me because of my obedience, my honor, my humility, my commitment, my steadfastness to the word and to the Lord. Oh, no. Faith does some different things than what it sees. An average person has 1,200 family members as you look down five generations. Isn't that crazy? I say, is that possible? 1,200 people in five generations? That's what the research showed. Dang, that's hard to hard consider. So God has a generational plan for your life. And then he's thinking about, he sees you and me, he thinks about 1,200 other people. We struggle with that because we're thinking about us right now, usually just me, and then all of a sudden, because when I finally let go of some selfishness, my kids. And then maybe you're blessed enough to have grandkids, and you're like, oh, this was what the fight was all for, you know? I got grandkids. But he's like, no, you got grandkids, and they got grandkids, and they got grandkids, and I can see them already. And I got some blessings for them, and I got these things that I want to do with them, but it actually starts with you. It, it's been going for a long time. It's just nobody caught it. Will you catch it? Like it's been in my word for, it's been in my word for a very long time. But nobody in your family line is catching it. Will you catch it? Children will be blessed. Everybody, if every, every, anybody just watched your family and you've seen the attacks Maybe beneath your kids or grandkids, great-grandkids, or, or, or above your parents, grandparents. Like, see, like, you can see the attacks taking place and from both ways. Like, it's getting hit from all sides. And they just stay under attack. What is up? Look at this. Jonathan Edwards, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but he was a God-honoring president of Princeton University. And doing a five-generation research, people put together a track on him and an adverse man who lived also in this same time frame. It blows your mind. i got to share this with you. Jonathan Edwards, he had, they, they found 1,394 descendants in five generations. They, they used to have a lot of kids. But even within that, there was one American vice president one dean of law school, one dean of medical school, three senators, three governors, three mayors. Now, mind you, this was a God-honoring man. He said, no, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to live God's way. Three mayors, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, 65 college professors, 100 lawyers, 60 physicians, 75 military officers, 100 preachers and missionaries, 60 prominent authors, and 80 other public officials. When I'm willing to obey the commands of the Lord, my children will be blessed. In fact, it says in another version, they will be mighty in the land. When Satan sees them coming, he's like, oh no, not that one. I know what his granddaddy did. Let, let me, can I just say this, and I can track it through my own family? I'm living out the blessing of what my grandfather planted. And I know it well. My grandfather planted it. My mother tilled the garden. She, she tended to it. And I get to walk in it. And the very things, because I get that and I know that and I trust the word of God, the very things I do is less for me and it's more about my kids being able to walk in the fullness of the blessings of the Lord and not even myself. 
Because I'm trying to grasp God's generational blessing, his generational vision for families in general. And so that's why we do everything that we do so that our generation can not only be blessed, but the generations that come after us, there too will be mightily blessed. And when they walk in the promised lands of the areas of their lives, Satan stands back and says, wait a minute, not them, because I know Shauna. I know Crystal. I know who Jaylen is. Nope, she left a mark on me a long time ago. And Mac Jukes was another man in the same era, same time, same area, lived a different life. He was an unbeliever, a man with no principles. His wife also lived and died in, in unbelief. And what kind of lasting influence did he have? There was 1,200 known descendants from Max, and he said that 440 lives of outright debauchery, excessive indulgence, and sensual pleasure. Sound like the prodigal son? 440. 310 were paupers and vagrants. 190 public prostitutes. Isn't that, boy, forget the commandments of the Lord and obeying them. I want to do it my way. Maybe the Lord will give me some prostitutes to come under me, some vagrants, some people that end up in prison. Boy, don't let, me, don't let me expound on that because there's promises when I obey, I commit to obeying the commands and the ways and the methods of the Lord. 100 alcoholics. 130 convicted criminals, 60 habitual thieves, 55 victims of impurity, 7 murderers. I mean, the odds are not so great. It's a choice that we get to make. It doesn't matter what has happened before us. It matters what we decide to do because we are making a commitment to the ways of the Lord, to His commands and not those of our, you know what? Grace will cover me into just sitting around doing nothing. No, it won't, because somebody's going to pay for it. Because they're watching. Spiritually, it's passing down through your DNA. But the moment you make a different decision, everything begins to shift. Psalms 113 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. I'm just pondering about the things of God. I'm, I'm thinking about his word. I'm thinking about what it says about my situation. I'm thinking about what it says about life. I'm thinking about how do I fit in the picture of God. I'm thinking about how does that truth, how does that word uh, change my heart? How, do, how does my beliefs line up with that? And I need, to, I need to subordinate my understandings to his ways and his understandings. Like, meditates on the word day and night. I'm conscious, conscious of what God's word says about my current decision-making process, meditating. He shall be like a tree. There it is again. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season from, Re from Psalms to Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation, actually, whose leaf will sh also shall not wither. We know why later it won't wither, because it brings healings to the nations. Meaning, what happens in my life when I stay steadfast on the Word and His commands and meditate on it, and I let it become part of who I am, in fact, the deciding factor of what I do, all of a sudden, I get all kinds of blessings. I'm bearing good fruit. And then the leaves of my life 
I bring healing to others. There's more of enough of abundance inside of me for, for me and the blessings coming towards me that I'm able to give away and the people around me are blessed just because of what I do in the presence of the Lord. Yes, this is exciting. When whatever he does, this is the last part of, of verse 3 in Psalms 1-1. Everybody should have this super highlighted and circled, like, I mean, a big old circle like this. Everything he does shall prosper. You ever just know those people? They just fall into blessings. How come, how come everything they touch is just gold? How come it's almost like they can't miss something? It's just, and, and, and believers will get all jealous. Like, yeah, again, it's happened to so-and-so. Oh, that's good, brother, sister. I mean, I'm just so happy for you. Back in the back of your mind, you're like, why come that doesn't happen to me? I'll be honest. Satan can't stand the next five generations that are coming after you. He's got a plan already laid out for them. He's thinking this has worked for their great-grandkids. I mean, their great-grandparents. Surely it's going to work for them and their grandkids, too. Can you see why we are so focused on encouraging and empowering and giving some clarity to strategic things that are not only going to affect you. It doesn't matter what generation. You're alive. These things are affecting you. The vision that we cast back in January, the things that we know God is leading us to do. Why? Because Satan has a plan for the very people that God has a vision to affect. God has a multi-generational plan for, these, for our families, you, my kids, your kids, all of it, the kids that haven't even come to know Jesus that are in this world, in this, in this county, and it's, it's messed up if you don't know. Satan has a plan for them, and God does too, and that's why he gives vision to a house and say, here, here's what's going to work in this generation going forward, and here's how I want to reach people. It's going to bring them in like a, like a mosquito to a, a light, but I want you to bless them, and their lives will be changed here. And I want you to stay steadfast, committed to what I'm asking you to do, living out the word and changing lives right here. But it's going to take commitment. It's going to take, oh, investment. But can we just declare that our kids will be blessed? Like our kids will be blessed. When we begin to make declarations like that, we are drawing a spiritual line and saying, no more. I will no longer stand and allow this to happen. It may take some time for the change, for the transition, for it to take effect, but I begin to live and speak and believe as if it's already taken place. I have vision for my family. God gives us that vision right through this wooden cross that he gave, he gave his life on. Verse 3 says, they, they themselves, this is the families, the, the parents who will obey and honor the Lord in his ways and obey his commands, they themselves will be wealthy. Nobody wants that. 
and their good deeds will last forever. It's eternal value because God is resourcing you. He's saying, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a daughter, that's a son who's going to be committed to my ways and my commands. He's going to be meditating. She's going to be meditating on how my word applies to this situation so that they can, they can be used to bring tra- transition and change into this situation for this generation He's going to do it. He's going to fund it. He's going to take care of it. He said, oh, if they're going to be committed to obeying my commands, I can bless them in every sort of way. And the works that they do will be eternal. They'll have eternity eternity in value, meaning they're going to bring other people into the kingdom of God. And when you get to heaven, there's going to be a line of people like, what do do y'all follow me around for? Well, it's because of what you did that changed our life. Eternal value is going to be remembered forever. We have such short-minded thinking. Well, no, this doesn't matter. No one's ever, no one's ever, it's not going to change anybody's life. So we just give up. We're, we're not committed. And the Lord's saying, I called you to it. I just, I just need you to fight this battle. There's a demon in front of your, your kids and the blessings that are, that are for him is right on the other side of this guy. There's a giant, but you're going to have to take him. Here's some rocks. Here's some training along the way. Remember that time you stubbed your toe? That's what this was for. That night you got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you, you stubbed your pinky toe? The pain? Oh, Yeah. That was just to prepare you to understand, be able to endure pain and, tr- and suffering. It's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. My pinky toe shot my pinky toe. Verse number two. <laughs> number two, bless finances. God's, God comm- it commands blessings when we are willing to obey his commands and be committed and we have honor and reverence for his will and his rights rather than our own rights. We're going to lay them down for the sake of his. He says we will ble- he will bless our finances. You're going to have to go after it, though, and be disciplined according to God's commands. He's got methods within his words of what to do with the finances that he blesses you with. And it all belongs to the Lord. He just gives you a little bit to see if he can, see, if he can trust you, how he tests you with the little bit that you do have. Because what you think you have and you're holding on to so tightly, it's nothing. And in fact, when you're holding on to the things that you do have, he can't put what he has in your hands. It just falls right through. But when you're like this, Lord, it's all yours anyway. You can give it and you can take it. But Lord, I know that you always have best, your best and my best in interest for my life and for my, when I can, when I can live like that, I can live open-handed. They're not mine anyway, Lord. They belong to you. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to steward them the best I can while they're in my hands. But I don't have them like this. It's tough. Because there's a demonic giant of poverty that's standing in front of your wealth. Christians, believers in the church are experiencing deep levels of poverty and it should not be. America, people are suffering deep levels of poverty, and we're the richest nation in the world. How is this? 
the demons of poverty have not been, have not been battled. There's a giant in your life that God's saying, hey, if you'll just obey my commands, steward that my way, I'll remove that demonic giant of poverty from your life, and I'll bless you. I'll bless you. And I'm telling you, that's 100% not God's will for our life, for the church to be in poverty. We're moving out of poverty and debt. We're moving out of that cycle this year, and we're moving into freedom from debt this year. That is a restoration factor that God is doing in 2022. And I assure you, because so many people have been robbed over the last 24 months. People have lost their jobs. They've gotten ill. There's been medical bills that people can't afford to pay. And so they're, they're, what savings that they did have is gone. And people are at a place of, I just might as well give up. And a spirit of poverty loves that and just drives home, affirms, you should do it. That's what you should do. Yeah, that's right. Just, it's not even worth it. It's never going to work anyway. And money is not evil. It, in fact, it's neutral. Technology is neutral. It all depends on whose hand it's in and what the hand is doing with the technology, doing with the finances. The very, in fact, evil money can turn into blessed money the moment it gets into a believer's hands. It shifts. In fact, it's a promise that the wealth from the unrighteous will come down to the righteous. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen to that. Come on. But don't bet on the, on the unrighteous to, you know, to die. To get, you know, we want to we be blessed. Number four, light shines in the darkness of, for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Light's going to shine. Number four, verse four, light's going to shine in the darkness. Oh, you're having some dark days? No worry, because No worries because the promises that are commanded by God when we just obey his commands because we see the finished work as if it is, already is, it, it starts to shine light in my situation. I don't have dark situations. I may have moments because my flashlight battery needs to be charged and I need to get in the Word and turn that little LED uh, light back on because it's not going to work like that. I'm not going to live in darkness. So the light begins to shine for those who are willing to obey God's commands. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Man, I'm open-handed. And even Jesus says this to the Pharisees in the New Testament in Matthew and Luke. He says, you know what? Yeah, you should tithe, but you really also need to not, while you're not neglecting that, is to have love and mercy and justice. Because wealth is both. When I'm rich, that means I'm able to deliver love. I'm able to deliver compassion. And I'm able to share the righteousness of God because of what he's done. And I become really generous with whatever it is that I have because it all belongs to him anyway. And so God comes to those, verse 5, God comes to those who lend money generously. Sorry, good comes to those. Like it's, it's commanded. Like that's a command. It just comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. The, 
Do you know that there's Fortune 500 companies that use this principle and they don't even know it? They just realize that whenever they conduct business unfairly, it causes some bankruptcy, some struggles, some issues. Well, let's just be fair. It's a kingdom principle. It's God's principle. In fact, it's stolen from God's people. It's stolen from the church. So ungodly people are using his principles, and where are the godly people to use his principles? Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. And so what that's talking about is uh, number three, blessed relationships. Blessed relationships. I have friends I can be generous with. They're generous with me. Uh, Compassionate. I'm sharing compassion. They're compassionate with me whenever I'm struggling. They're also, they're righteous and right standing. I've got some good friends that I can do life with. Anybody need that? Yeah, hallelujah. I know I do. It's hard. Number three, blessed relationships. Because there's an attack on the generation with missed key milestones. We sat in here and we're planning out the next Freedom Conference. It's like we just feel like it needs to be a little bit different. Something unique than what you've ever experienced. And we sat in in staff meeting yesterday and we're battling around some things. And we have a, a next gen, like a, what do they call Gen Z person in there. And we're talking about what is it that the last 24 months did to you? Well, we missed milestones. Like we got kicked out of school. We went to spring break and never came back. We missed graduation. Like these are key moments. And in the mind, it messes with you because now these systematic structures that were, were supposed to be there, they've been there all their lives and now they're missing and now they're all discombobulated. They don't know what's what or if it's going to be whenever they get there, so why even try? You think, you mean 24 months or like, like a few months of missing school can do that? Yeah. What's that going to do long term? Well, nothing to those who are willing to obey the commands of the Lord and be committed to his, his path. Because he'll right every wrong and he'll bring everything back into alignment. He makes all things new. But to those who are living out of the emotion and the pain and the misunderstandings and the, the hurts, the indifference, there's an attack. There's a demonic, demonic giant on our kids' lives. The kids are suffering with systematic break, systemic breakdowns, internal insecurities, and deep trust issues. I can't trust the system anymore. Mental health issues, just boom. This, I have a, hard, a strong burden for these young adults because there's mental health issues that they're coming to. They don't understand why it is the way it is. Mental health issues just coming out of the woodworks for adults and even more so for this generation that's 17 up to 25, 27, it's just their, their worlds have gotten rocked because there's a spiritual giant, a demonic giant that has been assigned to that generation. Attack on families. There's a rise of a critical spirit. Anybody seen it? About eight months ago, I just began right here, began to declare. It was actually May, and I was talking about the, the things, that, I think it's seven things that God he hates, and they all have to do with division and, and spoken things that we, we begin to do, the heart of his people do, and it's a critical spirit in operation, and it's destroying families. Physical abuse, drugs, alcohol abuse, like, 
I remember talking with some law enforcement as COVID was kicking in. Everybody was at home. It's like, can't really do anything because you, everybody has to stay home. But like the physical abuse is on a rise. Like they stay home. They can't stand each other. And so they just fight each other. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Drugs and alcohol, I mean, through the roof. Depression, medication, anxiety. Through the roof. It's a demonic giant on our families, on our finances. Many couldn't go to work. They lost their jobs. People with rock-solid relationships for years are divided on two sides of the crazy fence. Like they can't even see unity anymore because all they can see is division because they're constantly looking at a world that's divided. And Satan is scared to death of covenant relationships in the body of Christ. He's scared to death when people get together in small groups and begin to unite like, like the body of Christ did in Acts. He's scared to death of relationships that will seek peace and talk through offenses. He's scared to death that it will put to death this critical spirit, and he doesn't know what to do about it. It'll bless our relationships whenever we begin to trust the Lord and his ways. And begin to battle around this stuff that we're hearing right there that's causing this crazy fence of division. Wait a minute, no, that's not true. The truth is right here. And how I navigate through this indifference, the solution is right here. And if anything is causing a a, a ripple effect or a division in a relationship, it's, it's a critical spirit. It's a demonic spirit, demonic giant that's keeping me from healthy relationships. Satan does not want it. He does not like these small groups. He does not like this one accord agreement. You want to know why? In Psalms 133, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. They come together and like no matter what, we're going to be united and we're going to agree never to fight on things that just don't matter in 10 years. These things won't have eternal value unless I decide they do negatively. Because when I decide, because I've fallen for the critical spirit issue, and I'm on the side of the crazy fence of division, I just messed up what God could have done in my life and through my life. And not only that, the generations that come after me. But he says this in Psalms 133, he says, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. When he sees unity, and he sees brothers and sisters in unity coming together, and there's nothing that's going to get inside of this that's going to create division and adversity, it commands the blessings of the Lord. He's commanding it because he sees that's honoring me. Commands the blessings of the Lord. Somebody needs to get off of Facebook and get into the good book. And I'm believing for a drama-free stance this year. Look at somebody beside you and say, save the drama for your mama. (laughs) Save the drama for your mama. Y'all not saying it. Somebody needs to say it over there. Y'all always know spiritually. Ooh, somebody. Yeah. Save the drama for your mama. I don't want it here. There's been plenty of drama the last 24 months. You can save all that. You can just cut it right here. It has no place 
in these ears. This may be small square footage and in inches, but I don't want that drama in my, in my head. Yes, there you go. Four blessed emotions. Somebody ought to say hallelujah to that. Blessed emotions. You're going to have to run the devil off of this one too because he's been squatting for a minute. I met Ali and we were serving in a squatter village. Poverty strucken people squatting, living on land that doesn't belong to them. They were living by a river so that they could bathe and wash their clothes and probably get water too. Ugh, trash everywhere. And this is what it looks like when Satan begins to occupy territory in your life. Oh, oh. There's rivers of living water that should be there. However, there's a bunch of trash that are blocking up and messing up your emotions. And Satan is, is the only influence that's in your emotions. There's a demonic giant. He's been assigned to your emotions. And he's squatting. He doesn't belong there. It's not his property. But because you've been listening and you've become so familiar and so many agreements have been made with the things that he's been whispering. You can't tell that he doesn't belong there. And you think you're hearing from God. You're not. Because it looks nothing like his word. And your actions are emotionally expressing the very truth of that. Verse 6. Psalms 112, such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. Oh, man, remember Jonathan Edwards and his family line? He decided to follow God. Long remembered. Oh, yeah, I, I, know, I know what my grandfather did that changed my life, and it sowed seeds into what is now growing in my life and in my kid's life. I recorded my daughter reciting Psalms 23 this morning, and it's the most beautiful. Like, my heart just wants to pop out, and it's exciting to see my daughter, five years old, reciting a chapter in the Bible. Oh, man. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. Verse 7, they do not fear bad news. Oh, really? That just happened? No problem. I already see this happening through the cross. I know the finished work. The cross already decided what was going to happen in this situation. Don't bring that stuff to me. They confidently, they confidently trust the Lord to care for them. Oh, that's that situation? That's not mine. That's not mine. You can save the drama for your mama. That's not the situation. Oh, that's, that's wonderful news. But let me just bring that under the cross real quick and show you how that turns out. No matter what, it will turn out favorably because God always has my best in, in mind, in his interest. Because I'm going to choose to be committed to obeying and having reverence for obeying the commands of the Lord. I'm going to choose to meditate on what his word says and how that applies to this situation. Because the more I meditate on what the word of God says and I have this bad news that comes along, I replace that bad news with what the truth of the good news says. 
And if y'all don't know, y'all need to quit watching CNN, which is constant negative news, and get a dose of the good news. You don't hear on the news how many people are getting saved right now. You don't hear how many people are actually supernaturally, by the power of the Holy Spirit, getting emotionally healed right now, getting physically healed right now. How many, how many financial, physical, spiritual blessings are pouring out on God's people right now? They don't cover that. But it's happening. It's happening right here. The enemy has stolen our peace over the last two years because it has been driven inside of us through media. And anytime we hear something negative, we think it's all doom and gloom. We just grab a hold of it because it's been driven into us. Everything around us has just been negative. It shook. It's been shaken. So we don't know what to believe. And because we're not founded on this right here, the firm foundation, as we were singing in the first song, a firm foundation... And I'm not not meditating on how this applies to what they're saying in this scenario. I'm messed up. And I easily take the bait of the doom and gloom. Oh, it's over. Nothing can happen now. And God has a powerful answer for every report of bad news over your kids, over your finances, over your friends, your relationship, and your emotions. You don't have to let the times control your emotions. You have a healer and an advocate who wants to sit down with you and deliver the truth to you. And Dr. Fauci, we've we've gone, he is not the great physician. And just because he says it doesn't mean it's the answer. But the moment we let that weigh around and rattle around in our head and have some space in our emotions, That squatter begins to get empowered and that trash starts to get thrown around in our emotional (laughs) emotional, uh, yard. The rivers of living living waters all of a sudden are tainted and I can't even drink from it because it tastes like garbage. And so I even pull away from it because the flavor in my mouth from the squatter that's in my camp is messing up the flavor of the rivers of living water. And all of a sudden, anxiety and stress and fear. Well, guess what? It's not my promised land. So if that's the effects, if that's what's happening, that's not my promised land. That's the wilderness. And I got a choice. Am I going to stay in the wilderness or am I going to move forward with commitment and a steadfast spirit, obeying the commands of the Lord and trusting him that once he says that he has five blessings for me in Psalms 112, he means he has five blessings for me in Psalms 112. He gives me every avenue to get there. So anxiety and stress all of a sudden becomes a a little bitty baby giant from the pits of hell that I have to overcome to get the blessings that that it is protecting. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, I'm convinced when I see this fear and this anxiety and this worry start to pop up, great news. There's a blessing on the other side of it. I'm at a boundary. Wonderful. Let's just holler out. Let's do some praising, some declaring. And the walls of that thing is going to fall from the inside out. I don't have to push it. It falls towards me. It comes my way because I'm steadfast and committed to the word of God. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries. And another version says, cast all your worries. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? He cares for you. 
He wants to make that beautiful transaction. And anytime something that is sent from the devil is trying to steal my peace, I confidently decide immediately that I will cast, I will give those cares, those worries, those, those anxieties to God, and I'll make a transaction, a transition, a shift. No, I'll take what your word says. I will take peace and rest in that situation rather than the anxiety, the fear, and the worry that the whisperer is trying to stay, take up space with his little squatting and my mind it's a decision and it all depends on what I'm meditating on and what I allow in and what I take captive to bring it under and into under the obedience of Christ it's a choice it's my spiritual it's my spiritual call it's my spiritual mandate it's my spiritual command I got a call even this morning oh not good. Your mother's being sent over to, what they said, a room for infectious disease, and now she's got COVID, and okay, great. That means they're finding a solution to the problem. What are you talking about? It's okay. It, it is okay because that's not the final solution. That's not the final answer. Oh, but she's asymptomatic. She doesn't have any fever or any, any kind of effects from it. Great. What are we worried? Why are we gloomy? The, the finished work has already done this thing. No matter what the outcome looks like, God's best is always in the interest of his children. Either I'm in control or he is. Which is it? And the one you decide on, you land on, is going to control what goes on right here. And it's going to decide what happens right here. And then it's going to dictate how your commitment is. Two weeks ago, man, so-and-so in your family, I'm not sure what's going on. Mental breakdown. End up in jail. Now they're in the mental hospital. Now they're out. But I don't understand anything they're talking about. Okay. It's not the final answer. I know a God that can heal emotional and mental illness. It's okay. It's okay. He's that powerful. I've seen him do it. And if he can do it once, he can do it again. In fact, his, his word promises that he will do it again. Either God has it or I have it, but it can't be both. And listen, you have to tell the devil to get off of your emotions, all out of the camp of your emotional space, or he'll just keep on squatting and whispering into every situation that goes on in your life, and now he's got the narrative. And your narrative is controlled by every little thing that he has planned out for the generations that come after you. Oof. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. So it's not just kids. It's not just finances. It's not just relationships. It's not just emotions. Number five, this is the big one. It's a blessed purpose. And every one of these battles lead up to you being able to or not able to completely fulfill the God-given purpose that is on your life. How you handle the adversity with your kids. How you handle 
and see the adversity in your finances, how you handle and see the adversity with relationships around you and with your emotions will, in fact, dictate how you battle this demonic giant that is right in front of your purpose. And let me tell you, when you begin to walk into your purpose, you know the first person that God begins to take you into to try to influence and change and bring his kingdom into what's that space? It's always your family first. Because that's the biggest fear that every individual has. They'll never trust me. They'll never listen to me. Jesus' family didn't even listen to him. Yeah, that's why I'm calling you right to him. <laughs> I had to fight the biggest giant in my family and in my life when God said, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I'm calling, to, calling you to. Diarrhea. Like, no joke. Like, my stomach was jacked up. No way. I'm not doing that. I can't. How many times did I go to the bathroom trying to defeat that giant? Trying to get the courage. Oh, Lord, what's it going to Finally, you just fed up. I can't live this way. I have to do this. I will not be defeated. And I certainly won't live like that. I like good healthy bowel movements. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if he can keep you, if Satan can keep you so distracted on what was happening around you in this season of the world that you, you are backed into a scarcity mentality, a, a scarcity where, you know, it, it, I can't do it. It's not going to work. Nothing ever works for me. It never worked out. It never has and never could. I don't, like I forget even about the word of God that I'm a believer. I forget that he has the answer to all my solutions. All of a sudden, I'm living in reaction to all the events that are taking place in my life and in the world and the culture, and I'm listening to every other voice. I have become so distracted by the spider web that I'm in. I'm no longer remembering the word of God. And I'm scarce. I'm living in a scarcity mentality, a poverty mentality. And you'll never start seizing territory for your generations. You won't start seizing from the enemy according to your purpose, your calling. You won't start deploying your gifts for the ministry that you have inside of you because there's ministry that's locked inside of you. And all of these battles, they're, they're, they're surrounded. These places of blessing are surrounded by these demonic giants that Satan has assigned to you for the generations that come after you to keep you from walking in the fullness for your purpose because the moment you start to walk in the fullness of your purpose, it's a, it's a spiritual discipline, it's a spiritual command that blessings begin to flow through the spiritual DNA of your family. If I can get so lost on my kids and my family and, and fighting that battle emotionally and I'm jacked up because I'm fighting with my kids and the relationships around me and my finances are so loose and lost and I'm never going to make it. I'm so confused. I'm so distracted because all those are just little distractions that if you'll just stay fat, steadfast in the commandments and obey the commands of the Lord and be, take off your shoes, your will for his will and all of a sudden you begin to walk in your purpose because you've already seen it all done through the finished work of the cross now I can be confident that he's already done it. And then from the blessing number five starts to flow the spiritual blessings for every other one. Verse eight, they are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. You've heard the word Godfidence. How is he so confident? Ali would have said arrogant in the past, but 
Like I can be bold because I know what his word says. And when my emotions want to say everything else but what his word says, I decide this is what his word says. I decide which identity I carry. You know, Jesus says, oh yeah, you, you, I know your father to the Pharisees. He's the father of lies. He's Satan is your father. But do you know my father? We're always at the fork. There is no other father. When, you, when we start to act out emotionally or in reaction to the world of going on or in unbelief because of our finance, current financial situation or, or our kids or whatever it is, yeah, it's hard. But I, am I going to believe the, the father of lies or my father in heaven? He's already got a solution for it. He cares for them more than I do. They share, verse 9, they share freely and give generously. There it is again. Good Lord, get rid of this generous stuff. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever, eternity. This eternal value on these things. There's a, there's a kingdom ROI, return on interest. You can't see it because God has you blind to it. But once you experience it with him, you can't help but to understand that he has blessings on the other side of anything his word asks you to do. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. They will have influence and honor. All of a sudden, why do, why do, people, why do people listen to them? Well, they're just obeying the commands of the Lord, and then his favor begins to cause it to happen. How come everything they do, they just have favor, and it just like it works out? Well, they just obey the commandments of the Lord, and he just provides favor. Why didn't that happen to me? I'm a believer too. Well, you have access to it because of what was purchased on the cross, but you're not doing the commitment things to get it. Because God knows if he gave it to you, it would crush you because you don't have the integrity to uphold it. But if you'll start to fight those battles and say, no, 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 not my will, but your will, not my rights, but yours. He commands blessings over your life and the generations that follow. Verse 10, the wicked will see this and be infuriated. So mad. All of a sudden, people are mad when you walk in the room. Hallelujah. Get you a little Holy Spirit. They will grind their teeth in anger. And sometimes they'll be believers, by the way. They will slink away with their hopes thwarted. And this is why the greedy get so mad when you talk about money. Boy, Jesus knew the punch to give right to the heart of humanity. A tenth of the Gospels cover material possessions and wealth. Because he knew we were so attached to it. Because once we start to release our hand of some material stuff that has no eternal value, by the way, it has none. But when it's given... 
for the purposes of the kingdom, all of a sudden it supplies what is eternal. The wickedness in their hearts can't see the bigger picture. And in fact, they have a stronghold of Satan that is keeping them from receiving everything that was purchased on the cross. You know why? Because we're so holding on to what we see as valuable in this world, we can't receive the fullness of the blessings that were purchased for our generations at the cross. But there's good news. God says, I can change that in a moment when my people begin to obey my commands and they surrender their will and they have honor for what is true and holy. I can change all of those things. I kick that squatter out of the village. All of a sudden, those kids start to do things that they were, they were not doing before because they're getting to right into right alignment because of what the head is doing. The generations that have gone, us, the generations that have gone before start to get into alignment He's not here tonight, but a man has been telling me week after week, Pastor Nathan, there's been things that I've been praying for my family, and when I started doing this, and then I started doing this, and I invited them to thrive, and my grandkids loved it, and now they're telling their grandparents, their parents, when they go out of town, they have to be back so that they can be at Thrive. The spiritual blessings because of the commitments of this man. Nope, I'm going to start tithing. Nope, I'm going to start serving. Nope, I'm going to be committed to the commands of the Lord. All of a sudden, God begins to kick in the favor and the blessings of the spiritual DNA. Gosh, I love it. You mean I don't have to have control over everything in my life? Oh, praise the Lord. Makes me want to strip down like David coming in before the Ark of the Covenant and dance before y'all. Let's pray. Pray I don't. Father, we just thank you so much. And right now we just declare that Satan and his little demonic giants will not protect the grounds in front of our kids anymore because we will push through. We will enter the promised land of this area of our lives. Our finances no longer will we carry a spirit of poverty, a spirit of greed, a spirit of I will never have enough if I do this. But Holy Spirit, when you say to give, we will give whatever it is. When your word says how to give, we will choose to do so and we will tear down the strongholds of this demonic giant Father for our relationships that have been busted and broken and destroyed the hurts that we're carrying right now because people that friends for 5, 10, 15 years we lost because of disagreements with red or blue mask or no mask vax or no vax This president, that president. You're not protecting me. You're silly. Every little indifference that could be brought about in the last 24 months, destroying relationships, keeping us separated and isolated away from each other, and now we don't even know how to be with each other. We don't even know how to be relational, one accord. 
We don't know how to be transparent, open, and honest and reveal the things that are going on in our hearts because one, our emotions are so jacked up. We made decisions. We've agreed with things. We're, we're shameful because we did some things we, we shouldn't have done when we were in isolation and, and now nobody will accept me. Lie from the pit of hell. We just declare right now that every one of these demonic giants will fall for our generation and the generation that comes after us. And the, genera- the demonic giant that is keeping God's people from filling, fulfilling their God-given purpose, that giant will come down. In Jesus' mighty name. And so ask this question every time we get, to get, you get together. Is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? The Hebrew children didn't fight every one of the cities at once. But with the favor of the Lord, they did fight them one by one. There's a commitment required. It's got to be his way. Otherwise, it's our way. We live out the effects, and so do the generations that come after us. Father, right now, we just thank you for blessings. We thank you for everything that was purchased on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that we have access. And, Lord, we pray that you teach us how to appropriate the very things that were provided there. Father, though it's in our account, Lord, help us to carry and have integrity and have the character, have the wisdom have the spiritual muscle to be able to receive the fullness of the blessings that are in our account. And Lord, we pray over the food tonight, the amazing Lupita's food truck. We pray for many, many relationships to be established in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for choosing us. Amen and amen.